Martin Short teaches Corey Matthews how to not be the Antichrist. This is... (laughs) Spoilers. Not to be confused with Corey Marshall. Right. Or... Well, who's, who's Corey Marshall? No, some some guy. Oh, right. Just yeah. some dude. I, I only know Kylo Ren memes, but hey, everybody, that's the <laughs> KM I know. Uh, welcome to Spoilers. <laughs> chaos. Pre-podcast. Uh, <laughs> absolute oh chaos. Oh, my God. I don't know where this is going to end up. This might be a Patreon exclusive. This might be a main feed episode. Uh, we'll have to see how this podcast goes, but... Literally, what happened right before this podcast? Uh, well, first, let me introduce the co-host tonight. Uh, Kylo, <laughs> why did you make me think this was going to be a big, dumb movie episode? Why did you mislead <laughs> me? So, <laughs> Look, we've been talking about doing a podcast on Clifford. A long time. We locked it into this day. You know, we set it up perfectly, so it's like, what, however many years after the movie <laughs> came out. And, and we're recording this on April Fool's Day, and your trick was to make me think, April Fool's, it's a spoilers episode. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was for a big dumb movie. I just said you did, you did a it. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. It was the implication, Kylo. <laughs> the 27th anniversary of its release. But I guess, Kylo, you, me, and Stevie all gathered here together. What, what do you remember about Clifford? Why did you want to partake in a podcast about Clifford? I'm just amazed that people remember the movie Clifford. And if anyone's willing to talk to me about this movie, I'll fucking take it, man. This is one of those weird movies like the 1994 Jungle Book movie that just no one talks about. Like, seriously, no one talks about this movie. In fact, this will get no play. The Jason Scott Lee Jungle Book? Yeah, that one. (laughs) Future spoilers (laughs) pick. But, I don't know, when I was a kid and I saw this movie, like, I knew that this movie was going to have some impact on my life. I know that sounds (laughs) weird. (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) It might be this podcast that, you know, that triggered that, or it might be, I don't know, maybe someday I'll make like a shot for shot remake of the movie. Who knows? <laughs> I saw Clifford on Disney Channel at like, <sighs> if it was late, but it, I mean, late for me back then was probably like, like it started at like 1130 or, or something. And it was like damn near a psychedelic experience. I had never seen anything <laughs> like so strange and so like silly. Stevie, what do you remember about uh, Clifford? I'm with you. Disney Channel, the same. And I remember my dad getting... <sighs> he left the room when I like when Clifford came on because he's like, I hate this movie. And like <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but I knew that like my sister and I wanted to watch it. And it, it's so strange, Craig. You said this movie had kind of an impact on... Like, you thought this movie would have an impact on you? There's a line from this movie... That I will never forget from the rest of my life. I don't care if I have Alzheimer's. I will probably still say this line. And it's one of my all-time favorites. What's the line? Look at me like a human boy! (laughs) And just the look that... Just the look that Clifford gives is so good. I love it. You're doing it right now. Can you just act like a human boy for one minute here? Look at me like a person! You can't do it for more than a few seconds. Look at me like a human boy! That is one of the most memorable things from this movie. I mean, love it or or hate it in this movie, but like that scene, everyone like remembers <laughs> it. When I mean, half of this movie is just Martin Short mugging for the camera, and, and he does it really well, right? I I don't know if he does it as well as Charles Grodin does it. I mean, I, I love Martin Short, but Charles Grodin's like descent into madness makes this movie for me, but. <laughs> Since I thought 
this was a big dumb movie episode. Actually, let me let me rephrase that. Since I was led to believe this would be a big <laughs> oh, dumb movie okay. episode, I prepared a question, Steve. Excuse me, Stevie, for you. How did this shit get made? What do you know anything about the production? I found like one video on Facebook and then a couple like articles that I read. But what what you read Martin Short's biography too, so you have some insight. Insight. Yeah, Martin Short's biography is incredible, by the way. I advise everyone to read or listen to it like Pappy because he doesn't read his books. He's constantly moving, so he listens. Right. Um, Fidgety. Yeah, so Martin Short has had a really strange career where it's very in and out, and he never had like a time where he was at the top. He never had a time where he was always at the bottom. It was always kind of like, oh, this is cool, and then he disappears. Oh, this is cool again, and then he disappears. So... After, I believe, Three Amigos was in, what, 85 or 86? 86. 86. Um, he didn't have a ton of uh, more of, like, leading parts uh, after that. I believe Father of the Bride was after that as well, where he had kind mm-hmm. of a small bit part. And it was always kind of like Martin Short was this character actor where he had small bit parts. And Clifford came along... And this is in the middle of him trying to get picked picked up in pilot season. He, Martin Short, I believe, has done more pilots than any other actor in the world. Uh, he's done so many failed pilots. It's not even funny. But um, he signed up to do Clifford because I believe he thought it would be hysterical for a man in his 30s or 40s by the time they ended up finishing the pre-scenes uh, to play a 10-year-old boy. It's just an absurd thing. And it really sent his career sideways. So I think like Father of the Bride came out in between them shooting this and this coming out. Um, yes. Because this was shelved for three years while Orion, uh, great movie studio, home of a couple of Best Picture winners in First Blood. But they had like a bunch of financial trouble towards the end of the 80s, had to shelve this for three years. And then... Apparently, because of these more family-friendly roles, my understanding is that that the opening scene, Kylo, with like Father Cliff, is was totally reshot and added to the movie later to give it like a more moral grounding. How do how do you feel about those those opening yeah scenes with Father Cliff? I mean, I was thinking about that about if these were shot later, and uh, I I found out shortly after that they were. Um, I think it's needed for this movie because. <laughs> Clifford is a fucking nightmare. Like, yeah. this kid is pure evil. So it's good that we see a character arc. You know, they give us the, uh, what's the fucking Corey Matthews kid story? Uh, what's his name? Roger? Ben, ben Savage. Um, I think it's good that we see him with the older He blew Clifford. up a gym, apparently. Is that what the story was with him? Why is that line in there? And whenever there's something I really, really want, there's always some adult who comes along and says, no, like Mr. Proof. The other day he said I could be on the basketball team, and then he said I couldn't. And you felt that blowing up the gymnasium was an appropriate response then? Yes, I did. It's such a strange thing to have in there. I mean, I've talked about this a lot on Big Dumb Movie, but... um, Home Alone knockoffs, am I right? Like, <laughs> they were abound. Uh, there were just so many, like, bad kid movies in the 90s. We're like, this kid's a nightmare. Can you believe him? Problem child. That's supposed to be the premise of what was originally Clifford. It was going to be, like, a parody, like, knockoff of The Omen and Problem Child, or, like, those kind of 
movies. The Omen. Yeah. That's what I was like, the Antichrist line. Like, it was like literally supposed to be like a devil child. So, like, I don't know. Like, and apparently there's a bunch of different, like, cuts of this, but we'll get to this later. But I also wanted to say about Father Cliff, like, he is so awkward. And, like, the way this movie is, like, edited is so awkward. You know what I mean? Like, the scenes of, like, Father Cliff laughing are, like, a second too long. And his laugh is, like, so strange and, like, forced. Hey, Father Cliff. Hello, Victor. Boys. So, uh, what's the story on this project, kid? Is he going to get booted out of here? I hope not, son. But he's a bad kid, Father. You weren't exactly a saint when you first got here. Now, were you, Victor? Lest we forget. <laughs> Tell me that. <laughs> Goodbye, boys. He looks like Palpatine at some points, first of all. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> like, Rise of Skywalker Palpatine. But, like, there's just some weird moments that are, like, straight out of 80s parody movies. Like, when. Um, ben Savage like walks away and he like lassos him back. Dude, what the fuck is that? That's so weird. <laughs> That's like something out of Repossessed or something. It's like something out of Airplane or something. It's yeah. like a total screwball like moment. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but Stevie, all, like you mentioned, this is all getting into. It's a story within a story. We we flash back to the nineties. Clifford is a very special boy. What what is he? What is he like? Uh, we've been dancing around it. The titular Clifford. Clifford is a 37-year-old child. Um, he's very <laughs> short. Uh, for some odd reason, he dresses like uh, Mr. Rogers or Bob Hope every day. <laughs> um, <laughs> very precocious young man. Uh, for someone his age, he's just uh, he's all about menace. Uh, he wants to bring society down. Um, there's a great line from Game of Thrones about Littlefinger where, um, you know, he would be king of the ashes if he could. And that is Clifford to a T. Uh, <laughs> he would burn the world to the ground just to be king of the ashes. And it really can't be understated that this is a grown man, Martin Short, playing this 10-year-old boy. This is a grown-ass man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. That's the the uniqueness to this like bad '90s kid movie is that it's not a kid at all. It's <laughs> the 37 year old man who was 41 when this movie came out. <laughs> like, if not for the flashback, the whole context of Cl- like Clifford being played by a man would be even like more bizarre. You know what I mean? Like, am I supposed to think this is a child? Like, how how do I know what is happening? Um, Kylo. I didn't remember the Richard Kind sort of <laughs> intro at all. Like, and I almost like thought for a second, like maybe I didn't see this movie. Um, apparently, it was one of the deleted scenes from the Disney Channel cut. But what what happens in the in the airplane thing? Speaking of uh, airplane, yeah. Well, uh, we meet Clifford as a boy up there with his parents. Uh, he doesn't spend too much of the movie with them, but Richard Kind is a dad. And he's just like losing his shit, steam fucking flying out of his ears and anger with everything Clifford does because Clifford is the worst. He really is. And the mom's like a wine mom, like the, like the pill head wine mom, you know, like <laughs> she's like Mrs. Pataki. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking of like, um, one of the moms from small soldiers, just like completely out of it. And like, I don't know. You can tell she's like 
taking some medication for sure. That's the only way she can cope with the reality that is her <laughs> child. <laughs> Clifford is like telling the dad, he's like, oh, you're going to have a stroke. And he's just like <laughs> doing the stroke face that He mentions that stroke like seven times. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I think it's important to note about Clifford. Like he's not well-meaning and like comes across awkward. Like I almost like, like I was talking to Stevie with you about this. Like maybe this is like what Kylo likes about it's Pat, like his obsession. Like maybe I have the same thing for Clifford. There's like a lot of similarities, but like it's Pat, Pat just kind of felt like oblivious to the impact that he was having on society. Clifford is like malicious. Like he, Wakes up his dad by sticking his dinosaurs, brontosaurus, like up his, up Richard Kind's nose, like for no reason at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's he's a bad kid. He's evil. Yeah, I mean he looks very evil when he plays his little recorder. He plays right. the same little tune all the time too. I mean, it's satanic is what it is. <laughs> I think so. I mean he's he's often wearing red. His recorder is red. Uh, there might be something with that going on. His hair is red. He tries to take the plane down, right? Like that's. How he ends up with Uncle Martin. That is his story. He, yeah. he makes his way into the cockpit and just like starts button mashing in there to take the plane <laughs> down. Also, very awkwardly holding on to that stewardess as that plane is going down. Oh, yeah. In a very menacing way. Yeah, he's right in her tits. He's horny. Clifford is so damn horny. Which is weird because Martin Short's supposed to be playing a 10-year-old boy, but it's a man. <laughs> I'll say this. Martin Short is actually older than Mary Steenburgen. Really? Yes. That's kind of surprising. I wouldn't have guessed that. That adds a really strange, like, contextual layer to this film. Speaking of Mary Steenburgen, we're in Los Angeles, Kylo, your home. Do you want to explain kind of what's happening here? And and why does L.A. not have a public transit system? You mean the uh, city formerly known as Los Angeles? Oh, right, yeah, exactly. What happened there? That's a good Stevie question, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. Escape from L.A. happened. <laughs> Snake Plissken happened. Snake Plissken happened. That's what happened. So it's Uncle Martin and Sarah. Uncle Martin is Charles Grodin. Uh, they are in a relationship, engaged. You know, they seem to be pretty happy except for one thing. Uncle Martin does not want to have children. And uh, his girlfriend, Sarah Davis, does, right? So through convenience, Clifford ends up with Uncle Martin. And he's just kind of using him to, like, showcase to Sarah. He's like, look, see, I love kids. This is my nephew. Isn't he great? Uh, But they both kind of have ulterior motives. I mean, that's Uncle Martin's. But uh, we haven't talked about this yet. But the whole thing with Clifford is he just wants to go to Dinosaur World. That's the one thing he wants. It's the only place a boy like me can be happy. Dinosaur World. <laughs> right. And I guess we're led to believe it's like, the, you know, like a Disneyland place, but dinosaurs. Riding the coattails of Jurassic Park, a movie which we just covered on spoilers. Uh, Stevie, Charles Grodin, is he the highlight for the movie for you? He, he is absolutely, I think he's like fantastic. Like a fantastic performance. I think he is so good. Um the crazy thing is, is like, I know people will say this is a bad movie, but like in this movie is a great performance of Charles Grodin literally losing his mind. Like if they were going to do like a rated R, like black comedy cut of this film, I think Charles Grodin would just steal the show the entire time. <laughs> he is so like his descent into madness is so amazing. 
I like to think that like he plays this a lot, or at least like that's what I think of instinctually in my head. It's because of Beethoven, isn't it? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's because of that giant ass St. Bernard. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's very similar in that, right? Where he's just like always aggravated and like fucking can't take it. He's always about to lose his shit. And there's like three of those movies, I think. Charles Grodin reminds me of Jack um, Jack Nicholson in a way of like they're a man of like a thousand faces. I feel like they can just perform so many faces without saying any like dialogue at all. You know exactly what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the beauty of this movie. Better Descent into Madness performance, Stevie. Jack Nicholson in The Shining or Charles Grodin and Clifford? Oh, Charles Grodin and Clifford, dude. Not even oh, close. <laughs> Not even close. Like, Not even like close. Tra- Charles, like Martin Daniel starts <laughs> off as a normal dude. Like oh, he's okay. a normal guy. The Stephen King book complaint of The Shining. I'm just saying, you know, Jack Nicholson's character in the movie, he's always a little bit edgy and somewhat crazy. Like Groden goes from zero to 60 beautifully. I do want to see Nicholson deliver some of his lines though from this movie i want to i want to hear nicholson say any luck with that chocolate (laughs) (laughs) so any luck with that chocolate any luck with that chocolate any luck with that chocolate Stevie, it's funny that you said that Groden was good because i don't know if you guys saw ebert's review at all and we're not one to often cite ebert i don't think he's significantly more correct than a lot of you know film critics at the time it's just kind of more of like an interest thing since he was so so famous but in, he's a good baseline in ebert's review uh this is from like the second or third paragraph uh, a movie like this is a deep mystery it asks the question what went wrong clifford is not bad on the acting directing or even the writing levels it fails on a deeper level still the level of the underlying conception Something about the material itself is profoundly not funny, irredeemably not funny, so that it doesn't matter what the actors do because they're in a movie that should have never been made. Kylo, do you agree or disagree with uh, our friend Roger there? I got to disagree to some extent. Like, I see where he's coming from, but what he didn't say is that it's so not funny that it's funny. Right. (laughs) Like, it's so insane. Like, I mean... Just like we talked about the concept of having like a 37 year old play a 10 year old, like, and as far as I know, I didn't see like any ads like where that's they're pushing that. Like, check it. Isn't it funny because he's a 37 year old man playing a kid? But mm-hmm. aside from that, just like the little stuff in this movie is like so fucking good. Like, um, what Clifford has that like some of the other bad kid movies don't have is like Clifford getting like shit on as well. Like, at one point, Charles Grodin walks in, and he's, like, mad at Clifford, but he's not trying to let um, Sarah Davis know. So he, like, pushes his head in the cereal. Like, he just pushes his face forward into it. Like, that's so funny to me. Be careful with that cereal, buddy, or something like that. (laughs) He's always calling him honey and stuff, which is just so... Sweetheart. Yeah. Stevie, let's get back to you. Another sort of dynamic that's happening in the movie, it, it might be partially for contrivance reasons because i think the obvious question would would be uh, so charles groden gets caught up at work he's got to like redesign the public transit system for he's got 20 hours pap he's got 20 hours 20 hours to do it the obvious question is okay why not have uh how do you say your last name mary steenbergen is that right steenbergen steenbergen yeah. uh sarah davis his fiance uh also the crush of clifford which is a weird dynamic why not have just her take him to 
dinosaur world, but like they have to, the movie has to like give her some place to go. What's going on with the boss, Mr. Ellis, and like their work relationship with uh, Charles Grodin? So this is a very uh, common thing, I believe, even now to this day. I think it was rampant in the 80s and 90s when it comes to abuse of power in the workplace. Mm. And uh, Mr. Ellis, uh, her boss, I believe also Charles Grodin's boss, um, has the single worst toupee, uh, so much to the fact that Clifford has to make awkwardness about it. Um, but yeah, this dude, um, it's like, you're right, Pap, it's kind of like for contrived sake of we have to get her, you know, in a place with a boss, and also we have to send Charles Grodin, Grodin traveling after them. And boss man um, is making moves. He uh, takes her to dinner. Uh, gets her a necklace, which he says is from the company to cover his own ass. He probably just used a company credit card. And um, then he goes, you know, for the attempted sexual assault. You know, classic, you know, 80s, 90s film stuff. Yeah, he's going full Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. If that whole scene doesn't, like, timestamp this movie enough, then Sarah Davis's line where she says, I can spot a phone yep. a mile away. Yep. And then, like, two trans women or drag queens come up. <laughs> And they're like, can you give us directions to so-and-so? She's like, oh, yeah, right over there. Absolutely. And here's what like really confuses me about that. This is this is from IMDb. I couldn't uh, corroborate this fact because uh, I didn't know I'd be hosting the podcast tonight. But this is <laughs> – take this for what it's worth. Um, Pappy's going to read again. When aired on Comedy Central and later on Disney Channel, five scenes were deleted from the final cut and restored and also edited out questionable content. So that sense doesn't make any sense. And restored and also, but it was like five scenes were cut for questionable content for the TV cut. Some of these, I don't know if they're actually in the movie still. So the first one, Clifford and his parents are forced to off the plane when they make him land in Los Angeles. See, that's why I don't remember that when I was a kid, because it wasn't in that cut. The second one has Clifford in the airport pretending to be a poor deaf boy. And many <laughs> passerboys, passerbys are seen donating gifts to him. That's not in the cut that I saw. Is it in the cut that you guys saw for this? No. That's not on Hulu, my friend. <laughs> I did not see that on Hulu either. That's why I was laughing so hard. <laughs> so what a weird choice, right? They're, they <laughs> they either just like straight up bought... I don't even know how that would work. They bought the cut that was just already on TV or... But that's not true because the plane scene's in it. So it was a conscious choice to not remove the transgender scene, like, but they did remove like the ableist scene. Yeah, there's like uh, some George Lucas behind the scenes continuing to edit the movie to this day, probably. <laughs> like, uh, the third one occurs when Clifford and Martin exit Sarah's house, and he tells Clifford that Sneakers, the dog that Clifford stole from the airport, ran away, much to Clifford's sadness, which I guess that, that kind of explains it. We never figure out what happens to the dog. Um, Kyla, do you like how Clifford's a klepto? That's kind of a, a little subplot of the movie that comes up a few times, especially in the, the airport. Is that where he got the uh, Walkman? He, he just pickpocketed someone for it? Or like when he's pretending to be a poor deaf and dumb boy, someone <laughs> gave it to him at that point. He's like, I'm deaf. Someone's like, here, take a Here's Walkman. A Walkman. <laughs> take a Walkman. <laughs> yeah, I guess that doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, that's why they cut it. All right. Um, I, I think he's like more about like exacting revenge than like stealing you know like he does do the, the bit of stealing like at the airport and stuff but like he just wants to fucking get back at people i mean namely uncle martin right he's 
He's switching out his Bloody Mary with Tabasco. <laughs> he does the lipstick thing, right? He puts like the lipstick in his pocket, so he puts that on instead of lip balm. That was definitely not the dad, right? That was definitely Clifford. Yeah, that was Clifford for sure. His hand was literally <laughs> in his pocket. But like, the dad is such a dick to Martin. Like, he just goes, when he sees him with lipstick, he goes, what the hell do you think you're doing? Like, <laughs> calm the fuck down, dude. Like, <laughs> maybe like ask him like, what's on your face? I love how much the dad hates him. Like, when he goes to shake Charles Grodin's hand, he, like, wipes it off afterwards <laughs> at the party. <laughs> what is with that fucking dude? I love that line where Charles Grodin, uh, Martin goes, like, you have an amazing, incredible daughter. And Senator Geary from Godfather Part 2 looks at him and just goes, he, like, raises his eyebrows <laughs> Such a fluid motion and goes, thanks for telling me, and just walks away. I love that line so much. You have a most exceptional daughter, sir. Thank you for letting me know. I like seeing uh, Charles Grodin beat the shit out of Martin Short with, like, a piece of bread, a, like a baguette or whatever the fuck. Like, Keep your eye on the ball. Eye on the ball. <laughs> on the ball. Uh, okay, sorry. Two, fourth one, Mini Mart incident. Okay, let's pause. This one takes place after the Mini Mart incident. The Mini Mart whole like lead up to that might be like one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. I need a whole gang of chocolate badly. <laughs> and Charles Grodin just looks at him and goes, Jesus. <laughs> like, <I> just... <laughs> yeah, that's like the first big incident together, isn't it? Dude, I mean, Stevie, Clifford is literally just trying to kill them in the car. <laughs> It's such a ridiculous thing that he's just spazzing out, and this is like the first time Martin's kind of starting to see, hey, like we might need to talk about Clifford. Um, but like post mini Mart, after he like changes clothes with that kid, clothes with that kid, I don't know why. Uh, I mean, slapstick humor is very common in the 80s and 90s, but for some odd reason, when Clifford gets hit with the purse like three times. Yeah. And falls each time. I laugh so hard. It works so well, doesn't it? It works like, perfectly with just like Martin Short's um expressions afterwards are so good. That's what I mean. That's like in this bad kid movie, the kid actually gets like his ass kicked a little bit sometimes, you know? Like that's one example of it. But it, yeah. She doesn't even mean to hit him. She like swings back her purse and like it knocks him down. And when when he gets up, she does it again. Does it again? Like it's so like just stereotypical slapstick, but it works. Get a hold of yourself! You're out of control! <coughs> what? What? A whole gang of chocolate. <coughs> I need it badly. <coughs> Jesus! Who's S- Susan in Goodfellas? Is that somebody? Because I recognize that actress from something. I'm on her IMDb. She is played... she the airport lady? Um, where he says, "Go have another donut," or what? Are you, what do you at? Two dozen? Yeah. Uh, is that the passerby? No, I was talking about the lady with the purse. The lady with the purse gets killed in Terminator. That's where I know her from. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm pretty sure Susan and Goodfellas is yeah the one with the donuts at the airport you're right you're right yeah I got those confused that's another thing that like timestamps that movie where he's just like fat shaming her relentlessly <laughs> Richard <laughs> just for like no reason too yeah I mean it's like baby's day out right you've got really long arms <laughs> the four, all right, so anyway I was saying like, uh, the fourth deleted scene 
after that mini mart incident, Sarah and Mr. Ellis are in his private plane overlooking a possible site for a new daycare center. So, I mean, that sounds pretty useless. I was, I would guess there'd be some sort of sexual assault type scene in that, that they, they cut it. And the fifth and final deleted scene shows Clifford sleeping over at Miss Sarah's house following Martin's arrest, offering her his great grandmother's wedding ring. I was wondering that because they set up the, the great grandma's ring and then they never pay uh-huh. it off in any way. I've seen that deleted scene. Have you really? Yes. Is it crazy awkward and cringe? <laughs> uh, I think so. I, I remember her saying, like, I can't possibly accept this. And he says, like, I want to marry you. And she's like, oh, Clifford, like, you can't marry me. And then that's pretty much it. But I definitely have seen it, probably on the Comedy Central version or something. Because uh, this movie aired a lot on Comedy Central back in the day. And Disney Channel, Ali. But Kylo, check this. Someone saw that deleted scene, went home, got on their computer, and wrote a scene where an FBI agent Frenched a 10-year-old boy who was (laughs) pretending to be a millionaire and made a movie about it. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I'm doing a podcast on Blank Check tomorrow. I know exactly what you It still bothers me. (laughs) What is that? Uh, what is the name of that podcast that you're going on tomorrow? No highway option. No highway option. Yeah, give them a check shout them out, boys. Check out Kylo on there. But given, I mean, this might be new ground. I don't know to what extent these different cuts of Clifford have been discussed. I, I mean, Stevie, obviously we don't know what we don't know. But what do you think about what's in the film that we get? Like, I couldn't imagine like taking out the whole airplane sequence, right? I wouldn't take out the airplane sequence, but I'm still kind of shocked that him pretending to be like blind or deaf didn't make it into the final cut. And like the whole like trans Because remember did. like 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 the timing of films like that were coming out. I mean six years later, we literally have Billy and Forcey and Dumb and Dumber. Like that's the same thing that you're describing with Clifford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's not like this was like, you know, off limits at the time of films being made. So I'm shocked that wasn't in there. And also, I mean, I brought this up with Pappy earlier, Kylo, but I think family films were incredibly important, like even more important back then than they are now as far as like how to make a ton of money. Um, because if you have a, like a, qu- a four quadrant film, your chances of making money are high. I don't believe this was a box office success by any means. It wasn't. Yeah. So it, it's almost shocking to me that the screenwriters at a certain point didn't turn this into more of a PG-13 or rated R film. Because hmm. a lot of this movie has that tone where it easily could have been rated R. I think it was the other way around. I think it was going to be a PG-13 like rated R type film. And because and they of dumbed Mar- it down. Martin Short's like image, and that's why they reshot all of the... Or they added all that intro scene with Corey Matthews uh, or Corey Marshall, depending on uh, what side of the Mississippi <laughs> you're on. <laughs> Are you guys fans of Martin Short? Do you guys like him in things? I read his biography. Uh, yeah, he's... Uh, I love Martin Short. Uh, he's one of my all-time favorite kind of, you say, 80s, 90s comedians. Uh, when Pappy and I were younger growing up, we would watch Three Amigos all the time. Every time you came over to my house, we, literally every time you came over to my house, we watched, we watched Three, Three Amigos. Amigos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one for I was a big other. fan of his Jiminy Glick character, and I think I was like the only person on the planet who liked that. 
he had this thing going on Comedy Central. It was where he amazing. Like, he was in this like fat suit and he just played this completely different character, but did like interviews with people as his character, but the other people were just as themselves, interviewing celebrities and whatnot. Right. Yes, I've always wanted to ask you that. People said, ask him that, and I think, why? We all know the answer. But who are some of your great interviews? Well, this isn't one. But I had a wonderful interview with the Ali Khan years ago. Uh-huh. And he, the he, Ali Khan. Ali Khan. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, Ali McGraw. That's yeah. who I always... Right. <laughs> I always get her and, and mm-hmm. the, the late Madeline Khan mixed up, and I always did it at the time. He was really, like, in your face, and I, I don't know, I thought that was, like... Great, but uh, it didn't really go anywhere. Like, no one really talked about that. I thought it like, Pap, have you ever seen Jiminy Glick? No. Nope. So Jiminy Glick is just the rudest interviewer of all time. Like he's in a fat suit. He'll do a thing where you're you know, like the person's talking about something and he'll just misdirect and talk about himself or he'll kick his feet up and not pay attention to the person. Like I think Jiminy Glick almost laid groundwork for The Daily Show. Like that's how funny it was in my mind. Isn't it like his time on SNL generally considered like the worst time of SNL? What period is that? The single worst season of SNL ever. I think it was the 84 season. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, do you, do you not? I mean, I th- to me, I mean, Martin Short hasn't had a ton of commercial success, but he's also a very famous comedian who's who has done really well. I mean, he's not like, and I say that like, compared to Steve Martin or something, right? Like, he's obviously done very well for himself. but And he always seems like a really, really nice guy. Kylie, do you do you like him beyond the Jiminy Glick? I like Jiminy Glick. I like Three Amigos, but I'm not super familiar with, like, a lot of the random stuff he did because a lot of it was random. Like, I know he was, like, for example, Mad Hatter on, like, some TV movie version of Alice in Wonderland. Like that was like <laughs> Martin Short's area, right? Yeah. There was a lot of like little random shit like that, stuff that mostly no one has seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the clown on, and we're back. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We're back, a dinosaur story. <laughs> yeah. Good night, folks. Good night, Louie. Good night, Stubbs. Um, I did want to mention the the subplot of the bomb threat i know you guys had, had offered up a spoiler that i say something about making a bomb threat as a spoiler which probably seems like a bad idea given our <laughs> our track record with various hosting platforms um stevie you want, you want to speak to what what happens here it's a pretty it's a pretty integral part in the sort of like really breaking uh charles groden so there's like two payoffs with this and it's like it actually that's why I understand people think this is a bad movie, but structure wise, there's it falls back on itself so well. So what Martin Short does, Clifford does, is he takes Charles Groden's uh answering machine, record like you know, pretty much records over it. Then he records Uncle Martin speaking, and he mixes it all together, and he's making the worst bomb threat of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny too, the way it sounds, because like it's definitely not when he said, like, I've got a bombshell for you, mister. And then yeah. he like, cuts it out and he says, I have a bomb. Like, it's yeah. not the same at <laughs> it's all. It's not the same. And also, there's like two more payoffs. So I laugh really hard at it when, you know, uh, Uncle Martin's like, call my voicemail. Call my voicemail. You'll see. And it's Clifford who picks up. And I forget the exact words, but he ends it with, kaboom. You wanted to get caught. You're the one who called us! What? (laughs) 
Hi, this is Martin Daniels. I'm not home right now, but I've got a bomb under City Hall. Talk to you later. Oh, well, no, no, that's, this is a, this is part of my answering machine message. This is a prank. This is a joke. You don't have to believe me. Call my home. Call my home. Here. Speaker's on. Hi, this is Clifford. I can't tell you where my Uncle Martin is right now, but I'll give you a hint. Kaboom! Like, the, and the reason it falls back on itself so well is you think, like, the joke is done. You think, okay, the bomb part of it is over. But when he goes for his public transit um, <laughs> presentation, it actually blows up. That's, like, the icing on the cake to that entire joke. Such a long joke that pays off so well. The look on Charles Grodin's face <laughs> as he, like, slowly turns around to see this model being destroyed it's that brilliant. That is so good. It's so funny. He's God. He's so good. That is movie. like his breaking point, and it's like <laughs> it's really amazing the way he because he's like getting madder and madder throughout the movie, and he's like blowing up and yelling, and then by that point he's just calm. But like, yeah. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone so far that like he's not. He doesn't even seem externally angry anymore. He's just lost it. He's completely snapped. <laughs> he's not the same person anymore. <laughs> It's a transformative moment for his character. I love it. He's just like the calm, like evil, like <laughs> he's like Richard Dreyfus. And what about Bob? There's yeah. a one one point where he's on Larry the Scary Dinosaur, and uh, Martin Short's like, "How long do you think you'll get?" He goes, ah, "Life for this." <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about too the recording of the voicemail thing. That's like it's almost like a Home Alone two kind of thing, right? Like it's like the talk boy thing. Like, that was a thing in the 90s. I remember I had not a talk boy because I couldn't afford it, but I had like a little cassette player thing and I would like record audio from the TV and then like go in my room and listen and like play it back. Shit like that. I mean, I never really pranked anyone with it, but still, <laughs> it was a very 90s thing to do. Like, you really do have to accept that Clifford is like precocious because the implications of like editing those things together on like what's essentially all he has is like a stereo with like two cassette decks on it. I don't even know how that would be possible. to do. <laughs> right. like, or the fact that he rigged his uncle's presentation to blow up from a cassette. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, he yeah, by cassette. It? He puts yeah. in a tape and the tape blows up yeah. a physical model of LA. <laughs> He programmed explosives to exist in the model. That's how fucking precocious this kid is. I mean, he's a borderline hacker, right? Because he takes like an image of the boss, like in the computer room at Martin's work, and like yes. removes hair and shit by like putting a screwdriver like directly on the circuit board. Like it doesn't make any sense, man. The universe is consistent, though, right? And I know that's like a weird like defense of this movie, but even like reading through like the deleted scenes where there there was a payoff for the ring and something does happen to the dog. Stevie, I think it, like the writing is not inept. It falls on itself really well. There's a lot of like long setup and payoffs in this. It's not an incompetent movie. No. Although it's like, one of the most controversial movies on Letterboxd in the top, like I think 500, like most variants and ratings of any movie on the site. Oh shit. <laughs> Well, you and I like talked about this. Like, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen uh, Congress Godzilla, it's god fucking awful oh, because no. the, the writing makes no sense. Like, yeah, it looks cool when the monsters are fighting, but like that's like five minutes of the movie. 
Like, I mean, at least with this movie, it's structured correctly where the fact that long payoffs happen. Even if you don't realize, like, you know, Uncle Martin's so proud to say, yeah, I, you know, designed the ride for, you know, that dinosaur roller coaster. And he knows all the words of the song. And then literally 60 minutes later, we get the payoff with a deranged man singing that song, <laughs> right. like trying to kill his nephew. Yeah. Like, little pay- like payoffs like that are actually smart and they work. Mm-hmm. It's like Surf Ninjas in that way, actually. Like yes. where there's nothing that is left like unexplained in the movie Surf Ninjas. Like every aspect down to like um, Ernie Reyes' senior eye patch. Like why does he have it? It's explained. Like everything is explained. It's kind of stupid, sure, but it's definitely explained. <laughs> What's better, Surf Ninjas or Three Ninjas? Surf Ninjas? Surf, Surf ninjas. ninjas, bro. Yeah. Unanimous there. Uh, Kylo, do you want to take us through sort of the speaking of that last scene? Anything that stood out to you in the Larry the Scary Dinosaur uh, set piece, the, the very end of the movie, basically? Uh, yeah, well, I was judging the ride as a theme park enthusiast so (laughs) there's that aspect of it you know it's like it's got a little bit of everything it's a dark room ride it's a roller coaster it goes down it has like a splash of water at one point Um, it's also one of those rides that has a little built-in gun that you control Um, it's really got it all right steve i mean you're a a disney world guy i mean the crazy thing about this is where did they where did they shoot it i have no idea did they build this just for this I was honestly wondering the same thing. I think they definitely built some of it. And then like a lot of the ride, you can tell it's like there's a like a rear projection or a green screen behind him, you know? It's like yeah, not really but there. Nonetheless, there seems to be a functional running track on this. Yeah, mm-hmm. at least partially. Yeah, yeah, like I don't know how I don't know if it was like the rock where they shot, you know, the same hundred feet for, you know, so many hours to get the, you know, right footage down, but like the fact that they built a coaster for this tells me that they were thinking this movie is going to be bigger than it was. The production design on the dinosaur is great. It's a, like, get over this is pre, I mean, I imagine they shot this pre or, you know, kind of coinciding with Jurassic Park. It looks really good. Hmm. Especially when like Martin has the ride go into quote hyperdrive, <laughs> hyperdrive, <laughs> which is just something that breaks the ride and kills everyone on board. <laughs> Why would they have that? <laughs> Roller coaster tycoon settings. <laughs> he designed it, right? I mean, it's all him. <laughs> but when it goes into hyperdrive and like the T Rex animatronic breaks and like the flesh is all torn from the face, it just looks like something out of a nightmare. Like it is horrifying <laughs> to see, man. And it's positioned so perfectly where Clifford is like hanging off the ledge on the track, the broken roller coaster track. And the T Rex is right below, just biting its teeth, just like ready to fucking eat anything that falls in its mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, also, Uncle Martin should be embarrassed that he designed that coaster for the simple fact that, like, you would have to be, like, the first one at the theme park, like, I mean, first 100 to even be able to ride that ride that day because it's just single cart. Right. <laughs> Who creates a ride that's just single cart? A and that's a man. long ride. Yeah. And it stops for, like, an interactive fight with, like, a T-Rex, too. And I Yeah, just... what happens if you miss? How long until, like, you go again? The line of Clifford saying, Lady Luck, don't fail me now, as he shoots. <laughs> so ridiculous. There's also a great shot, too, like, after the coaster wrecks where Uncle Martin is debating saving Clifford or not. And it's, like, on a black background. And there's, like, the smoke, like, rising up, like, around him. And it's, like, very, like... <laughs> 
existential <laughs> looking almost. He's like debating like I might be unleashing like Hitler 2.0 on the world if I save him, but he is my nephew on the other hand. I love what he says though. He says, maybe I should just let that dinosaur eat you. Which is it was always funny to me because it's like not gonna like really eat you, you know? <laughs> <Right>? Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not a real dinosaur. Um that's all that's all I had. Anything else? I'm gonna scroll back through my notes really quick. But anything else that you guys had on um Clifford? Um Pap, I'm happy you brought up what Eber said about how this is actually like somewhat of like a well made movie, even though like it shouldn't have been made. Like watching this film, it's actually like lit correctly. There's actually correct blocking throughout of it. Like the reason like you don't see these, like you don't like notice these things, you know, maybe like the first time through is because like it doesn't stand out poorly. It's not a poorly made film. Mm-hmm. It's actually well made, shockingly, that a cinematographer would go out of his way to correctly light this movie. But uh one of my favorite quotes in the entire movie is when Martin returns from San Francisco and he's like muttering in like parcel tongue um, when he gets back to the house and he goes into the room and Clifford's tied up <laughs> and he talks about, you know, it's really weird humor. He talks about people touching him in his no, no place, but <laughs> he pretty much says, he goes, and when I got back here, there were bikers and they tied me up and they told me stories about their bikes. Some were fun, but some of them were scary. <laughs> it's just such an absurd scene. They tried to touch me in my no-no place. I, I remember watching that at like prop was probably like midnight as a kid and like laughing so hard I was like crying at that part. Like, like it was the funniest thing I had ever seen in my whole life. Some of them were scary. Some of them were scary. <laughs> I am so glad you're here. I got in a train to run away, but a person tried to touch my no-no special place. And then when I got back, there were bikers here, and they tied me up, Uncle Martin. And then they told me stories that they do on their bikes. Some of them were fun, but some of them were scary. I mean, I just got to talk about his face. Like, (laughs) Clifford Martin Short's face is... uh, it, It works for me so often. Like, especially when he does his little, like... I'm going to do something evil face. Like his face like visibly <laughs> changes into another face. His like eyes are half closed. Also his like, he, when he expects a kiss on the cheek face is pretty good. But like, I mean, I sent you guys an image of like him, like waving. He just looks like an insane person. <laughs> that whole shot. Like when they're, yeah, when they're at the daycare center or whatever. And like, he's just holding up Martin short. Cause it's just so ridiculous to like, imagine and the sound effects in that scene is like Mar- like skin on glass as like martin short like slides down the glass <laughs> are just so funny um but see if you mentioned this like what you mentioned a second ago with the it's competently made yeah this movie is strangely edited though right like beyond like the big structural changes that were made for like different like releases like there are weird beats in this movie right i'm not just like imagining those like not even to name a specific one but doesn't it just feel weird it feels like it stops and goes a lot but not just like stops it feels like it takes like four steps back like the beats are incredibly strange because some like some have payoffs and some like don't right it's just some things come out of left field but it's just so it's such an awkward movie that it kind of works did we talk about the uh like a normal boy face stevie your favorite line have we talked about that on that 
so he does like four different faces uh, <laughs> during that, and they they're just all like so back to back to back, like on command. But that last one of just look like a human boy, a normal boy. <laughs> For a 37-year-old man to be like pull off those faces, it, it, I, I know it's a competently made movie that shouldn't exist, but it's just funny. Pappy, you were talking about like the editing. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you mentioned that because I can't really like pinpoint it, but I definitely remember scenes coming in a different order than they actually come in. It may have been a different cut. I guess you're right. It could have been a different cut or it could just be like, the editing just weirds like a leave impression. Uh, it leaves a weird impression in my mind. I think, mm-hmm. but you might be right. I didn't think about that. But I mean, like even like within a scene, like will linger on someone's face, like especially Martin Short's face. He's making those faces, like what Stevie's mentioning, like for like a second long, like not a second, like a quarter of a second longer than you would expect, <laughs> like just like a little bit longer, and it's like. <laughs> That makes me laugh every time. <laughs> it's just so weird. But like, also in that scene, uh, Uncle Martin's like looks at Martin Short. He's like, "You touch that dinosaur, I'm gonna kill you." And he says it so <laughs> seriously and like earnestly. It gets me every time. And the line, uh, "God Almighty, boy," in that part too gets me, gets me every time. Any luck with that chocolate? <laughs> Any luck with that chocolate? Any luck with that chocolate? Any luck with that chocolate? <laughs> Mentioned that it was one of the most controversial films in all of Letterboxd. If you look at its rating distribution, it's like really high on both ends. Lots of five stars, lots of half star ratings for for Clifford. Um, Pappy, name drop in the movie. Clifford says the name Pappy multiple times, referring to Richard Kind. Uh, he also says Da, which <laughs> it, 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 he says it one time, but it just made me laugh so hard. Speaking of Richard Kind, when he goes, is there no end to your madness in the airport? (laughs) (laughs) So great. Um, Let's see. Is there anything? Oh, there's one part where... (laughs) So stupid. There's one part where Clifford is at... uh, He's at um, Sarah Davis, Mary, Mary Steenbergen's house... And he's just like eating breakfast or something. And she walks up behind him totally normally and says, Clifford? And Clifford just screams bloody murder like she <laughs> 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 like tried to assault him. He like throws his spoon in the air. It's just so random and, and crazy. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's everything that I had. Uncle Martin hit it. Oh, and the very end, too. <laughs> like father cliff catches a football and he says you're improving lofty and like the kid's <laughs> name is lofty like what, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> gets me every time um any other any other final thoughts or are you guys ready for uh for yes or no's it's the last thing i got is that the kids in living in 2050 look very 90s that's it <laughs> true <laughs> stevie anything from you I have a couple things. So I wonder if this movie got released after the success of What About Bob? Because they're very similar. Hmm. Like you take a normal person, bring a psychotic person into their lives and watch them like fall into madness. Like What About Bob, I believe, is a celebrated movie. So I wonder if like the studio said, you know, this has been shelved forever. What About Bob crushed? We might be able to skate along the same thing. But also, I think it's so funny you bring up how divisive it, you know, divisive it is on Letterbox. But a simple fact is, I wonder what the correlation between 
people that gave this five stars and the people that truly enjoy Tim and Eric comedy like I do. I can see that. Clifford reminds me of Tim and Eric so much. <laughs> it's a very, like, it's sort of like a awkward isn't the right word, but dry absurdist. Like, you know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Like, like you know how um, Tim Heidecker does the it's free real estate face? <laughs> it's free real estate. Yeah. And he does that like face where it zooms in for like just a little bit too long. Like Clifford is a lot of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of that. But well, with that, uh, someone who's not on Letterboxd, Stevie, what do you give Clifford on the spoilers? Not the big dumb movie scale. Yes or no. Remember where you are, Stevie. This is spoilers. Yes or no for, <laughs> for Clifford. Man. Ugh. I will give the I'll give this a hard yes, man. I, I know it's not a like a fantastic movie. I know like one of the perks is only ninety minutes long. I know it's absurd, it's awkward, it's weird to watch. You know, a forty-year-old man play a ten-year-old boy. the The trans jokes don't work anymore in today's age. The sexual assault doesn't work. Um, even if you're trying to show how scummy a person is. But the chemistry or even lack thereof between uh, Martin Short and Charles Gor- and um, I've even forgot his name now. Groden. Yeah, Charles Groden. Uh, the chemistry or lack thereof between them is just so much fun to watch. It's like it's like almost like a bad car accident. You just can't look away. Uh, and this movie just makes me laugh for how awkward it is. So hardest of yeses. I'll go. I'll go next. Um even if I was on Big Dumb Movie, I would give it the same rating, uh, which is a yes. Like I, I did give this a score on Letterboxd just based on comedy. I'd be interested to see like what I would give the other cuts as well. It, it really is kind of disappointing to me that we have this like weird hodgepodge cut that seems to be the only thing that's available on multiple streaming platforms. And like what, what's in the movie, what's not in the movie seems pretty pretty arbitrary, but Holy fuck, dude! This movie is still so insane. It's like one of the craziest <laughs> like things I've ever seen. Like everything about it is just so crazy and weird. And like, it's not you know totally incompetent. I probably said something similar about like the room. It's I it's I wouldn't equate it to something like that at all. It's more in that like like Stevie said, the Tim and Eric dry absurdist comedy and I, I i just laughed so hard like every time i've watched this movie like i watched this twice for the podcast both times like just busted up laughing even at different parts both times um cult classic for sure i don't know if i would could recommend it you know what i mean like i would like have a hard time being like hey friend come over and watch this amazing <laughs> movie clifford and i could just see that being like a very disappointing experience for everyone involved but Man, this shit's really, really funny to me. Hard yes. Uh, last but not least, host of Big Dumb Movie, which we're not podcasting on tonight, <laughs> Corey <Are> Marshall, <laughs> a.k.a. Kylo Ren Memes. Give your yes or no and make the final call. Is this a main feed spoilers episode or a Patreon-exclusive spoilers episode? Okay. Yes, this is Corey, also known as Kylo Ren Memes. Clifford is not a good movie, <laughs> but I'm going to give it a yes because there's something about it that's excellent, despite it not being a good movie. It doesn't have to be a good movie. It's funny in a way that it's not trying to be, right? It's, 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 it's excelled. It's exceeded beyond what it was trying to do, 
and has become something like greater, I think. Like, I don't think it's really a great movie, but the comedy in it is kind of great in its own right. And again, it's like a, it's like a bizarre kind of funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have it playing right now and just seeing like Martin Short in the dinosaur cart going up the track and his, <laughs> just with his mouth just hanging open, go, slowly going up the track and it's just holding the shot on him for too long. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just working so well. Uh, so it's a yes for me. Um, I do recommend that our listeners watch this movie uh, just so you can like get what we're talking about because you have to see it to believe it in a way. Yeah. Um, and my rating aside, I am going to say put this on the main feed, man. <gasps> yeah. The listeners of Spoilers need to hear this podcast. They need to see this movie. This is for the people. The world needs to see this movie, I would argue. Yes. Um, there you have it. Clifford preserved by the spoilers crew uh no rightfully knows. so rightfully so um i don't I, i'm not stevie i'm not gonna make you say what's coming down the pipe because i don't even know what's coming down <laughs> the pipe i would say look for a return of the movie game uh a resurgence of the movie game movie games back three ninjas is going to be coming out soon and Zack snyder's justice league is probably the last podcast to come out so listen to that but even though I wasn't prepared to host, I'm a man of many talents. While I was podcasting, I wrote a trivia question for you guys. <laughs> the winner of this trivia question gets the greatest honor of all. More exciting than going to Dinosaur Land. This is the privilege of tossing the podcast to Spoiler Man and getting five seconds in the winner circle or whatever to say whatever they want. Um, Going to be a closest two. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Kylo, since you suggested this and then made me host it, Stevie, I'm going to say, do you want to <laughs> guess the number or do you want to guess the over-under? So Kylo's going to guess the number. Do you want to say essentially more or less? Um, well, can I guess the number or does it say, you, you, say you more can or guess, less? You can guess, well, you, uh, you can guess the number if you want to do closest to that way. Yeah, let's do closest to. Okay, so you're going to make me do math. All right. Uh, <laughs> Kylo, I'll let you go first then. Um, construction began on January 5th, 1933 of the Golden Gate Bridge, which is in San Francisco. Open your oh, Golden God. Gate. The project <laughs> cost a certain amount of money in 1933 But what is the equivalent in 2019, the most recent numbers that I have, $2,019 for the construction of the Golden Gate Bridge. Hmm. That's inflation. Uh, let's see. I don't know anything about construction costs, so I'm going to say... Do you know inflation rates? <laughs> no. Well, you're in trouble there. He's a big inflation rate guy. <laughs> well, I mean, I just got to say like what it would cost in 2019, right? Yeah. Yep, just a number. All right, so... Yeah. I'll say it's like a big budget movie. I'm going to say it was $280 million. $280 million. I said that like I was writing it down, but I'm not. Stevie, what do you guess? I was going to say 185 Construction began, like I said, on January 5th, 1933. The project cost, at the time, $35 million. The equivalent of... Five hundred and twenty-three million dollars in two thousand nineteen dollars. Over half a billion dollars to build the Golden Gate Bridge. But Kylo, you are a winner. 
Say what you will and toss Ooh. it away hey, to Spoiler Man. Yep. Pap, I hate to interrupt. Please do. You know I hate this. I love it. But this is going to sound sacrilege, but I think Clifford can be remade. <laughs> All right. Time out, Kylo. I, Wait a second, Kylo. <laughs> All right, Stevie, what do you got? I think I know the perfect casting for Uncle Martin and Clifford. Oh, okay. And I think I think I will start I think I will start something bigger than the Snyder cut once I drop this. <laughs> the Stevie cut. All right. Who do you got? Brian Cranston as Uncle Martin. I'm on board. That's good. Danny McBride as Clifford. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Danny McBride. <laughs> Does that not work perfectly? The optics would be who's so ridiculous. Yeah, who do you have a director? In mind, I don't even know who's a good comedic director. Whoever directed Eurovision, I don't care. <laughs> <sighs> I don't. I can't. I can't rival that casting. That might be. And here's the twist: Sarah Davis is played by Mary Steenburgen. She looks younger now than she did in the nineties. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Clara Clayton. Gonna have to rework a few scenes. Um... <laughs> Kylo, though, you, you've been patient. Uh, do you want to say your, your, your last words and uh, toss the ball off to Spoiler Man? Uh, so the listeners, I'd like you guys to check out the latest Big Dumb Movie episode. It's on In the Army now. It was a good episode. I recommend it. Please listen to it. Much like this 90s comedy, it's incredibly stupid. Although it's way the fuck worse than Clifford. Like, way worse <laughs> than the Army Now sucks. But anyway, that's all I got for that. Well, but also, Stevie on Ghost recently. Big Dumb Movie. Yes. Great episode. And my most recent one was... In, it was Crystal Indiana Skull? Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, episode 64. Listen to all of those. All hilarious podcasts. But sorry, Kylo. I interrupted your, interrupted your toss. No, it's all right. Take it away, Spoiler Man. Spoiler Man here. Special thank you to our patrons Matt Troll, Brother Brian, Druid King, Nick. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts.
because I might try and watch Godzilla before then too. Do I need to watch the other ones? I mean, <sighs> yes. Damn it. Yeah, because otherwise Millie Bobby Brown's part one. Dude, I, I don't think she's a good actress. She's probably not. <laughs> really, I, I think like she fell into eleven, which is cool and dandy. But like, what was she really it, even asked to do when Stranger Things was at its height? You know what I mean? Like, it was never like cry, scream, stare. Mostly stare, a couple times cry, get a bl- fake bloody nose. Well, like if you don't have the Duffer Brothers like writing for you, I mean, what happens when the like? I mean, look look at it this way. Brad Pitt, I still thought was a good actor in The Counselor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that movie is horseshit. His yeah, part isn't even that good. But, like, he could still act. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jack and Jill, Al Pacino was still somewhat acting. Dunkachino. Dunkachino, exactly. Dunkies. So, like, what happens when the Duffer brothers aren't acting for you and you're asked to, like, act? You're asked to be above what the movie is. I mean, have any of those... What up? Have any of those kids gone on to, like, be, quote-unquote, good actors? be right back. You're good. Um, I think Finn Wolfhard is the most yeah. the most an- annoying human being in the world. He is. I think he's such an annoying fuck. Um, Dude, I, I didn't even watch the second season. I, like, wasn't that into Stranger Things. I don't know. Like, it's a f- dude, I, knew, I knew it wouldn't be good after the first season. Like, just every TV show like, is like that. Ethan Hawke's daughter is a good actress. And dreamy Steve Harrington is a good actor. Steve Harrington. Jamie Steve Harrington and part of me feels like I mean what's that they, they completely ripped off what's that movie with Rob Lowe where he's about to fuck the older woman um I have no idea no there's is it St. Almost Fire I've seen that movie I don't remember him trying to fuck an older woman in it like that's like they're in he like plays, a bar he, aren't they like he plays a saxophone that's definitely St. Almost Fire is that Kyle, does Rob Lowe try to fuck an older woman and say almost fire? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen that. It's like some 80s movie, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. The well, the, the lifeguard that's in Stranger Things completely rips off uh, Rob Lowe in um, St. Almost Fire. The only thing I remember about St. Almost Fire is there's a whole plot where Emilio Estevez becomes staunch. And that's like a big <laughs> part of the movie. His girlfriend's like really pissed that he's staunch now. Like... <laughs> That's literally the only thing I remember. You hate to see it, you know? You hate to see it. <laughs> To the dark side. I used to be Republican. So did I. Because of our fathers, probably. Test, test, test. Uh, I'm not throwing away my shot. I think Brother Jordan's on Skype. Has he seen Clifford? I would be shocked if you've seen <laughs> I wasn't in the Young Guns as, fucking... As you don't know, understand, Kylo. Like before this pod started, the Long Brothers had seen a total of 35 movie, movies combined. <laughs> but 35 <laughs> movies 3,500 times a piece. Yes. Like, like I'm telling you, before, like this pod <laughs> has like made them be like, oh, there's like, other movies out there. Like I feel like I've seen Boondock Saints a thousand times, but I've literally only seen it at Jordan Long's house growing up. Yes. <laughs> and I, he must have seen it so many times in between those times. <laughs> I'm going to pick that at some point for sure. That'd be a good one. I was just going through my list. It's such a good, bad movie. And Stevie was saying, Kyla, what are your thoughts on this? Like trying to get back to more of like... Grassroots. Focus on the movie game on Thursdays and then 
the other stuff just whenever people can do it, like fit it in, like the Patreon. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, Snyder Cut will be out this weekend, and then we'll have like literally nothing in the can, basically, except for Jack and Jill. Pappy, did you know I was quoting Cersei when I said I choose violence when I was talking about the three? I'm not, I'm not as... I haven't watched Game of Thrones as recently as you have. Well, when I said I choose violence, I was quoting Cersei, and I thought you, th- you I thought like, you, I mean, well, you maybe have thought that I was saying like we should like beat them up. Don't advocate for violence on Twitter; you'll get suspended, like me, like <laughs> threatening the queen. I didn't threaten the queen. I just said just die already. It's so innocuous. Like, I hope she dies peacefully, not violently. Does it come for you to know that you and Radigan have like the same like character arc right now? <laughs> no, stop. I hope she dies peacefully, but very soon. But, but relatively quickly, yeah. I mean, you and Tonight. Radigan are the only people I can remember that are trying to take out the queen actively. Tonight in her sleep okay. would be totally cool. You guys talking about Lindsay Ellis, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to come on a major this weekend, Kylo, and give your thoughts? On what? We're do, we're doing a trilogy. It's called a major. Like uh, just something quick for the Patreon. Um, we typically talk about two movies and a topic. The topic is gonna be Lindsay Ellis, but I can't do anything this weekend. Mm. 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 But Stephen, Steve and I are doing a Willow Pod, Ooh, that's and a good, uh, oh, I good th- on you. Think I have the kid on set. Happy? Did you give Willow a no? I don't remember. I know I wasn't on Willow. Who gave Willow a that no? That was a very negative podcast. Listen I was the that. only one that gave it a yes, I, th- I feel like. Me and Mikey, I feel like, were the only ones that gave it a yes. I would have given it a yes. For sure. I love Willow. So, before I forget, Lindsay Ellis, right? Yeah. yeah. What you just said, Pappy, and the whole incident with you getting banned on Twitter was, like, making me think about this, plus the Lindsay Ellis thing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, imagine being, like, like, a lot of people listen to spoilers, but, like, not nearly as many as, like, watch Lindsay Ellis, right? Right. She's insanely famous, yeah. She's like one of the Imagine biggest people on Imagine having her Patreon. fan base, and then everything we've ever said on spoilers being scrutinized. Well. I mean, if we ever get different... to Ellis' status, we're just going to blow this whole podcast up. But like, that's, 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 how, that's so different, though, because the fan base that Lindsay, elevates, Lindsay Ellis cultivates would be way different than the one that spoilers cultivates. We, we like, I don't know, we, we, I feel like we give a movie a fair shot, but we don't like... I don't know. You get what I'm saying, Kylo? Like, yeah. I, I feel like I've said shit way more stupid than like Raya is a ripoff well, of Avatar: The Last Airbender. I, like, I don't think that was a bad thing. She, she said. said nothing wrong. The thing of it is, like, Kylo, you haven't seen Raya, but like, Steve and I were talking about this. The whole like plot of Raya is like she's like trying to like unite kingdoms, like warring kingdoms and shit, which is United like United Nations. Like, like the exact same thing as like The Last Airbender. Like, it's not like. She wasn't saying, like, oh, Asian imagery, Asian imagery, which is, like, how it was, like, characterized on Twitter. I don't think that was the bad thing she said. I feel like that got lost in the actual dumb thing she said. The soul thing was, like, the way more The soul thing egregious. was fucking stupid. The soul thing pissed me off. Like, I was, like, legitimately mad. Because you can't say, like, oh, I'm all, like, you can't have, like, so Zelda Ellis' whole position is you can't have death of the author because it's so important, like, the author's influence on things. So it's, like, okay. Great. If, if you want to say that about J.K. Rowling, that like, like people shouldn't read Harry Potter, that's your stance. That's your position. But then you can't pivot and say that like Pete Doctor's anti-abortion. That's just fucking ludicrous. You know what I mean? Like no one thinks that at all. Like it's insane. Right? Maybe Ben Shapiro, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Ben Shapiro is, but not like Pete fucking Doctor. Like or Will fucking Kemp. Right. No, I yeah. know what. Uh, I, yeah. 
I mean, I've been seeing those like videos about how Ben Shapiro like picks out movies and say like says like, oh, this is a pro-life movie because like whatever a child is born or whatever, like right. Right. here's a who. <laughs> right. So I can see like with like that, like in the ether, because I've been watching videos about that recently, too. Like oh. Lindsay Ellis might have made this like knee jerk, like. Um, response to something that no one said that she might have assumed someone like Ben Shapiro would have said, if that makes sense. That's fair, but she also had these like follow-up comments which were each equally stupid. Like, like a black man sacrifices his life for a middle-aged white woman. Yike, yikety, yike, yike, yikes. Like, they're they're souls. They're not races. They're souls. And like the soul was going to China. Like I know it's played by Tina Fey, but like. I don't. I don't know. I still love she, Lindsay Ellis, though. Like, don't get me wrong. I still. I still watch every video she puts out. Like, I'm, here's what I think happened. She made a mistake. It's okay. Well, not she made. I think she made two mistakes. One, I think she's incredibly busy, and has a ton on her plate, and is also involved in other projects we're probably not aware of. She she tweeted at like what, four a.m. too. Keep that. What <laughs> What I think happened was she neither watched Raya nor Soul. Saw the gist of what it was, then commented on it. <laughs> no, I mean, really. I feel like she would have watched Soul. Like, no, she seems like, like... It, if she like if she came to the conclusion she came to, I feel like she didn't watch it. <laughs> like, maybe really. she just finished watching it. You know, she watched it from two to four a.m. in her sleep. Maybe <laughs> it just yeah, saw one exactly. scene. Like it's yeah, it's the only like it's the only explanation I can even think of to why she would come to that conclusion. But just yeah, I don't know. It's like. I, but she definitely should not have deleted her Twitter because that compounded the attention no, to it. Worse. Like, yeah, it's 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 the Streisand effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Clifford, the big red dog. Clifford. He does wear red a lot. Isn't the guy who made Clifford the big red dog from Indiana, Stevie? Is he? I feel like I've driven uh, through a town and seen. Home of Clifford the Big Red Dog before. Like Kokomo? Maybe? Way down in Kokomo. Do you guys know Blank Check takes place in Indiana? <laughs> no. What? Yeah, I was looking at the Get license plate. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, movie, unless there's a lot of out-of-state plates, but... That movie sure. has Sunnyside, California written all over it. No, the curbs are not California curbs. God. They're not skatable. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Juice is definitely California. <laughs> yeah. Like, Juice is from California. Yeah, yeah, he's traveled for sure. Like, he, Yeah, there's no way that dude's from Indiana. Not uh, his finest work. <laughs> Tone Loke? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Clifford, the big red dog artist. Where's the deliberate artist from? Hell. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't always that way. When did he lose his mind? Scott Adams, so he's he's definitely from California. I think like uh, San San Jose area. Yeah, he's from Kokomo, Indiana. Pap, good job. Look at me. Died mm. in Oaks Bluffs, Massachusetts. Got out of Indiana. That was a mistake. I should have stayed in Kokomo, where you have a McDonald's every half mile. <laughs> I hate Kokomo. Well, you don't have to hate it anymore because you get to drive around it now. What's it like? It's there's uh, a McDonald's every half mile. It's it's like a you, you, no one stops in Kokomo. It's you drive the, from there to get to Indy. Yeah, it's like it's like the it's like a city that's literally in between the northern part of the state 
and like Indianapolis. So like if you would drive from like Chicago, Detroit, South Bend to Indy, you'd have to drive on this road that passed through basically downtown fucking Kokomo. And they had a million stoplights and a million fast food places. It was like so a, many McDonald's. It was like a tourist so a tourist trap, but without a, an attraction. It was just a trap for like people. Whoa. Didn't your cuz get married there? <laughs> yeah, he married a girl from there. And then they built a bypass around it and then like all those businesses died. The town died. Yeah. There's a place like that between Southern California and Vegas oh, called really? Little Rock. Yeah, mm. sounds like the same thing. Yeah, Kokomo really did die because they spent so much money to build like a bypass around it. Is that and a fun? To, like, Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say you have to like go out of your way to get to Kokomo now, which it used to be. You just stayed on one road and you found it. Is that a fun drive, Kylo? Vegas to? No, Sim- I'm never Simi doing Valley. that drive again. <laughs> I'm no. only flying from now on. One hour flight. It's not as fun as the um, the Hangover made it look. Or um, swingers, <laughs> or leaving, or not leaving Las Vegas. That's not fun. Um, <laughs> you're unloading in Las Vegas. <laughs> That's not fun. <laughs> if you're unloading, you pick up Toby McGuire on the way. That does seem kind of fun. Backcountry. Um, the thing is, like, if you're going there to party, you're going with a bunch of bros. Like, maybe, but I, I never I really did that. I've never gone to Vegas to party. But my roommate used to all the time, and he said that he would drive, and then everyone would just sleep on the whole drive there, and he just fucking hated it. And he would get, like, trapped into that every time somehow. Oof. It's like a six-hour drive. Five, six hours, depending on how fast you go. Six hours is rough. That's, like, a little bit over the I edge. drove from Sacramento to Tahoe on the Reno side, and I about lost my fucking mind. That is a such a long drive. Yeah, I can't imagine going from California to Vegas. That'd be awful. I hate driving. I love it. I hate it. Do you guys have to drive far to get to work? I don't drive anywhere anymore. I just work upstairs. I built my house in the neighborhood that's like directly. I mean, honestly, I could run to my work in probably about 20 minutes. Uh, so I'm like a three or four minute drive from my work, which is nice. Nice. I must drive in the smart car in the summer, though. Smart car season. <laughs> Pat, you hosting this one? No. <laughs> I like you hosting this one. <laughs> You're hosting this one. You crazy? I'm not hosting this one. God Almighty, boy! <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just host normally for? <laughs> <laughs> I love this crazy piece of shit. <laughs> Look at me like a normal boy. Would Mrs. Doubtfire be a good spoilers pick? Or no? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was like, I'm like one of the few people that didn't like that movie as a kid. Oh, I love that movie. Just like I don't like, like, I, just movie I don't like Angels in the Outfield. Well, Angels in the Outfield is not great. No. No. It could happen. <laughs> Dude, I love this shit. <laughs> Got some good hijack for you, Corey. I don't know if you want to make use of that at all, but. What do you mean? I've been recording the whole time. We're talking about Lindsay Ellis and everything. Oh. Put it on, man. I don't care. 
I'm not editing this. Oh, you're definitely editing this. Okay. <laughs> I could probably do it Sunday. <laughs> Am I the official statistician now of Big Dumb Movie, Kylo? Can that be like a thing? <laughs> yes, thank you okay. for volunteering your services. Yeah. yeah. Doing this fucking weird no highway option podcast tomorrow, man. <laughs> like... <laughs> Listen, I've been listening to their episodes so I can like familiarize myself with like their format and shit. And good call. Yeah, well, make sure you tell them to slide into our DMs too. I'm gonna yeah. tell them. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell them the podcast, and I'll say, "Pappy." <laughs> what? So how many? I don't think I put ghost in here. Oh, my numbers are all off. No. Oh, wait, oh you missed a row? No, no, no. I was against Steve. I'm like, Steve, this is your fourth appearance on Big Dumb Movie. Have I done four Big Dumb Movies? He's done four? Um, Baby's Day. Ghost. The Santa Claus Ghost. This. This isn't a Big Dumb Movie? What are you guys doing to me here? Kylo, I thought this was your episode. Wait, what? Kylo, what are you... Wait, are you serious right now? Yeah. Kylo, oh my god. I thought this was for a big dumb movie. So did I. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Well, all right. Way she goes, boys. That's why uh, That's why you said the hijack thing. That makes so much more sense now. Kylo, I thought this was for a big dumb movie because Pap was like, Kylo wants to do Clifford on Thursday. And I was like, okay. That's what like, I assumed. <laughs> I, that's why I assumed like you were hosting and you had this all planned out. I can host. Uh, we can do this for spoilers. I'm ready all to right, go. Let's start on spoilers. Let's do it. That's yeah, so I mean, we funny. talked about doing this for spoilers a while back. I just, um, th- I just thought you were like being opportunistic and you're like, yeah, let's do a big dumb movie on Thursday. I was like, oh, okay, sure. I even, sa- I even texted you, Pappy. I said maybe Stevie can host. This is why you got to use the spoilers elite thread, Kylo. Why do you side text me? I'm unreliable. <laughs> You're right. Oh, shit. I just threw a monkey wrench in this whole thing. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, do you want this for a big dumb movie, Kylo? <laughs> I can't take on the editing right now. <laughs> I I definitely can. Um, should we do this for main feed or Patreon? Let's do it for main. I think we should do it for main. Holy uh, shit. Should we try to think of a spoiler real quick? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm. A, I'm... I totally forgot this movie got shelved. Um, this one's coming back to me now. Yeah, I definitely didn't see the Stevie thing. <laughs> That's so funny. Something about any luck with this chocolate, mm. or any luck with that chocolate. That line always makes me laugh. Any luck with that chocolate? Luck with that chocolate. <laughs> Um, what's the dinosaur song? Larry the Scary Rex. Um, you could say, today we're spoiling a movie about Hitler. I mean, Clifford. I love those Clifford, that Hitler. Uh, the, uh, the scene in Clifford. Something about Ben okay. Savage. Here, I, got, I, got, I think I got well, one. This is the bestest sounding pod you've ever heard. <laughs> I'll, I'll host. Um... Well, uh, Kyla, if you say this to me, I'll send you a Google Hangouts. 
No kidding. What? I didn't realize Charles Grodin was that old. Okay. So I say that, then you say the spoiler? Yeah. Well, wait, that doesn't make sense. Because then... I have no idea what a... <laughs> something about Martin Short being a, a child? Like... <laughs> um... Let's do this for the Patreon. <laughs> Are you guys opposed to that? I mean, I think it'd be cool to have it just like wide release. Uh, okay. This is a classic movie. Charles Grodin got old. This is spoilers. Looks like he might have had a stroke. Hmm. Charles Grodin got old. This is spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize he was like 56 when he made this movie. Uh, Maybe you should do like I, I have a bomb. I got one. A bomb threat? Okay. I, yeah, I don't want to say I have a bomb. <laughs> You're going to edit that and use it against me, Kylo. Is <laughs> he going to go to jail like Charles Gruden? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, man. All right. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, Kyle, you want to cast down? Three, two, one, go. That was spoilers.